This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Ilan Ossendriver is a multimedia photojournalist. He has worked in both Israel and South Africa and has covered major world events. He has also authored a book on the Ethiopian Jews of Israel. In addition to this, he takes tours to Soweto, where he has developed amazing relationships with the communities there. He joins me now to talk about using the camera as a social tool. Ilan, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. and an absolute pleasure to be here. Ilan, tell me about using the camera as a social tool. How do you see the job as a photographer? I think especially today, uh, the, the, the camera as a tool is telling us exactly what's going on in societies around the world. And, uh, and since the apartheid era where I used the camera to show the atrocities of apartheid, um, I've been taking photos all over South Africa and I eventually landed up going to Soweto where I used to sneak in to take photos of life under apartheid. Anyway, after a while being told that, uh, you know, you're outspoken against the system, be very careful, you're not very well liked, I decided, well, you know what, I'm going to go into self-exile and I landed up going to the United States where I studied journalism. Then in 1983, I came back to South Africa and I started going into Soweto and taking photos of life under apartheid. And I eventually re- I realized that the, the camera is a powerful tool to express your, your own, not only your own views, but the people that you want to help and using images to portray their ways of life and using it to uplift their communities was an incredible way for me to use the camera. And that's what I do in Soweto and uh, wherever I do, even for wildlife. But that's what I do. I use the camera as a tool. You also worked in Israel. Do you want to bring that part in? Yeah, so at the end of 1983, after working in South Africa, taking a lot of pictures in Soweto and townships and everywhere, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to Israel and I'm going to, I want to be a photographer there. And uh, and so I made Aliyah. I landed up going to live in Arad in the desert where I studied uh, Hebrew and uh, different courses in um, in the, in Jewish and Israeli life. And from there I went to Tel Aviv where I got my first job at a photo agency. And uh, it was really incredible because, you know, if you take the world's media, I think Israel is the third or fourth largest uh, press corps in the world. You probably got Washington, then then Moscow, then London, then probably Israel. And so becoming a photographer in Israel wasn't that easy. Well, that's what I thought. But um, my editor, the editor at the time, liked my work, and I joined this photo agency, and it threw me into one of the most incredible uh, actual times of my life because I covered things that no, not many people in life would actually cover or even get to experience. And as a photojournalist in Israel, you know, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem is 60 kilometers. So getting to stories is not like you have to travel hours and hours. It's just basically around the corner. So I'd be covering stories when the presidents of America would come in or prime ministers from England. And um, so it was very, very special. And then you get really thrown into really hardcore photography of, uh, you know, I had to cover the, the Palestinian uprisings, suicide bombings, the Iraqi war. But it's not only that. You cover things that are just so incredible. And to show you how special as Jewish people we are is that I covered the Ethiopian airlifts, the Operation Solomon, Operation Moses. I was one of the chief photographers of the Jewish agency. You know, there are so many things that you you get to experience as a photographer. And 
when you use a tool to to show things and to to tell people stories, it becomes an incredible tool. It becomes part of your soul. And being in Israel, that was one of the most amazing things. So I covered uh, seven Israeli prime ministers, three American presidents, uh, British prime ministers, and all different kinds of people. Michael Jackson's private photographer um, had a couple of beers with Dire Straits. But it's not all that. It, it, it's, it's, it's beyond that. It's just telling, telling stories and, and witnessing people's lives and telling the world about them. So it was fascinating. It was not only the Ethiopian Jews, but also the Russian Jews arriving. And so it was, it's, it's, it's an incredible, uh, feeling to use that camera as an expression of also covering history and documenting basically for life. Ilan, do you have a photo that for you is your favorite because it encapsulates so much? So there are a couple, but there's one when I had the most incredible experience of going to Ethiopia to document the Ethiopian Jews in Gondar. And it is Monday morning at the synagogue in Gondar, and everybody's praying. And there's a man praying with his head to the side. And just imagine this. The whole frame is just men with talitot, with taluses all over their heads, except for the one man in the middle looking to the side. And I have this picture blown up in my house, and I always wonder what this man is thinking. And that is one of my most incredible images that I've taken. And I've taken literally, somebody asked me the other day, how many pictures have you taken? I've taken millions. It's just unbelievable. But there are, there are those that just stand out. My other one would also be probably taking photos of Nelson Mandela on his first day in freedom in Soweto when he came out of prison, and where I took the first family photo of Winnie, the late Winnie and Zinzi Mandela with Madiba. And that photo, if you want to go see it, is at the Nelson Mandela uh, Center the Nelson Mandela Foundation in uh, Houghton. You can go see it in the permanent exhibition. You know, sometimes it's not about which is your favorite picture. It's the one that that creates an awareness is more important. You know, so for example, in Cliptown, where there's no proper running water, toilets, and electricity, and you take pictures of kids playing where there's sewage running down the, the road, and you take these pictures and these are the ones that you send to the municipality, whatever you do, and hopefully that will make change. So those are the things that you want to do. It's not it's not there to go get the greatest image on earth. It's there to tell stories. And if you happen to get a great story, then uh, then a great picture, that that's the bonus. I mean, you get pictures that really hurt you. For example, the, the latest uh, uh, demonstrations against Israel and also the Jewish community, and you watch somebody burning an Israeli flag in front of you, it doesn't matter what flag it is. I mean, the, the symbol of burning a flag, and for me, the Israeli flag was really upsetting. And I took a picture, and it's, it's a very hard picture. And people commented and said, that's a very powerful picture. But it shows you what is happening. Ilan, do you want to talk a little bit about your relationship with Soweto? Because it sounds like through the years you have developed uh, something very unique. So I do have a very uh, interesting connection to Soweto, especially Cliptown. Especially as being Jewish, it's quite amazing because Cliptown is where the Freedom Charter was written in the 1950, 1956. And what I love about Cliptown is that the reason, one of the, one of the reasons why the uh, Cliptown was chosen was that it was such a diverse community. There were Jews, Indians, Muslims, Christians, and everybody living in ter- ter- total harmony and this was even before apartheid. I mean, Cliftown was older than Soweto. And it kind of like all the people came from Kimberley after digging for diamonds and coming up to dig for gold. They they stopped off in 
clip town. And it's also where Nelson Mandela hid away from the police. So the first time I went to clip town and I, and I uh, would like people to come with me and experience it. I stood on the bridge overlooking down Cliptown, this uh, little settlement there, a part of the Soweto. And I said, there's no ways I'm going to go into that community. It looks just too dodgy for me. Somehow I got myself back there again. And I just found it totally incredible that I'm, that I said, you know what, I'm going to go take a chance and just go walk around. And I found the most incredible community in South Africa, a loving community, totally forgotten by all the governments, both black and white, still struggling today. In fact, the last couple of days, they haven't had the electricity. And in this day and age, you know, it's, it's unacceptable. But I decided that I'm going to use my camera as, as a way to help uplift this community. So it's just been an incredible journey within Soweto. So I have people from around the world coming on my journeys, and most of them contribute in one way or another. One of my best friends I've taken now, well, I call him a best friend because he's a lawyer from England, and he comes out to his company here in Johannesburg, and he's been on about 12 trips with me, and because of my trips, his law firm has built a whole educational program to teach children after school English and mathematics and science, and when they finish, it's actually held at the Equestrian Club in Soweto. The children then afterwards go learn how to horse ride. In my community in Clifton, through my my uh, my my uh, tours and well, I don't call them tours; I call them trips or uh, or experiences. We've managed to raise funds to help a, a, a kindergarten, also with the Jewish community, and not only Jewish community but everybody, to help get children at an early age to get uh, good education. And during COVID, with with people like Howard Saxton and myself. And another woman by the name of Karen Leah Resnick, we have managed to feed 175,000 meals during COVID for people that lost their jobs, that had no income. And that was, that's, that's what it's about. It's the camera taking photos, but also people coming to help. And that's what I wanted. That's what I do in life. You know, not only working for, uh, you know, the Jewish report and taking photos of different organizations. But using the camera to uplift uh, people, and I never hide the fact that I'm Jewish. People know who I am, and they they and we have a lot of friends there. Yeah, you know, you talk about people know that you're Jewish. I know that you and I have been at some events where things have gotten quite hectic between our community and others. Um, Ilan, what's it like for you being the photographer on the ground, Fosa? First of all, it's a passion, but it's also a job, and I have to show what it is. Yeah, I mean, things, you know, you, you, you see anti-Semitism out there, but you know it's not everybody. That, that's the thing. It's not everybody. It's a certain group that mostly are, un, are uneducated about the system in Israel or even here and, and just, just basically hate us. And to photograph people with hate in their eyes is not that easy. It's, it's, it's very difficult. But I, I, I say, you know, this, I'm doing a job. I'm photographing it. And this is the results uh, what you see on the street. Um, it's hard, but the bottom line is that I know that a lot of people understand who we are, what we've been through as Jews, and we've got to be strong, and we've got to stand up for our principles, and I think our principles and our Christian community, and also a lot of people in the Muslim community here in South Africa, it's not everybody, understand it, that um, the complexities of the Middle East is not South Africa, but we have a government here, an ANC government that dislikes us very much, even though 
if you look at all the communities in South Africa, they tend to forget is that many of the Jewish community fought against apartheid. I mean, you've got the Helen Sussmans, you've got the L.B. Sachs, you've got the Ruth First, and you've got so many other people today standing up for rights. You know, it's, it's, it's part of our, our genealogy of being Jewish. We stand up for rights during Martin, Martin Luther King's time. I mean, if you went on, the, if you saw the march, there were rabbis marching with them. You know, so we've always been uh, like a moral guide, a light and and people don't really like that. And that's what we have to photograph. To, we photograph this and we see it. Because sometimes hate is more uh, it's more powerful than what what these in these people's minds than actual reason, reasoning. You know, you can't tell if, if something's white and you tell the person it's white and he says it's black. You can tell him until the, until the end of life. He's not going to change his mind unless he is reasonable. So my photography tries to show uh, causes and effects to show that uh, what's happening. So it's hard, but there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, Ilan, thank you so much for joining me. If anybody would like to get hold of you with regard to your tours or photographs, what should they do? They can go to toursoweto.com or they can uh, go to my Instagram account called toursoweto. And we can not only experience the most incredible areas of uh, Soweto, but also downtown Johannesburg, where there's such an incredible life going on. Um, at the moment, because of COVID, it's a bit difficult. But uh, when I do trips, we are sanitized. We are very careful. But with the new wave, it's not that difficult. But please, God, afterwards, you know, please come on a trip and experience people not far from our, our Clare Hazel area. 20, 25 minutes away, and uh, people that uh, welcome you there with open arms. They want you to come. But, guys, please stay safe out there. It's not that easy out there. You can hear my voice. Not that great today. Anyway, but it's always a pleasure to be on High FM. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure, Ilan. Thank you so much. That was Ilan Ossendriver, who is a photojournalist.